Amber and Amanda here. We'd like to introduce you to the newest podcast, Article 15, produced by Veterans Drinking Vodka Production and hosted by our good friend, Ryan Brazel. Article 15 is attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. Ryan speaks with everyday veterans with everyday issues for veterans acclimated back into civilian life. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out and don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Amber, what are you drinking today? Well, Amanda, still haven't gotten to the liquor store. I don't know if I'm ever going to go back. Uh, so I'm drinking Keystone Lot out of a can. You really <laughs> must not like yourself drinking that stuff. Oh, no, this is like that's, my go-to. That's her favorite. Uh, her. It is. This is my affordable, I have a drinking habit beverage. I mean, we created an occupation that allows us to drink. Like we have to drink while we're doing this. Technically, well, we'll have have to, you, but. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it is veterans drinking, so yeah. Fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> it's just veterans drinking. <laughs> That's how every good story starts. That's true. <laughs> I it was hold my beer. <laughs> it is. It is tonight. It's hold my beer because tonight I am drinking some peach golden ale from the local brewery out here in Arizona from the four peaks brewing company. I really hope you bring that some home. I am bringing it home for you. When I come back to Arizona, I'm going to import some across the border. Yes. (laughs) I'm coming. Well, unfortunately I didn't have any beer tonight. So I got Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew. God, he really didn't read the damn show notes, did no, he? he sure did oh, it. Uh, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. The truck stop here in PA does not sell alcohol. I'm not, I'm not even talking about that part. <laughs> We're going to ask you what you're drinking in a minute. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell them. We have found that being a service member was easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Wesley Best. He served in the United States Army from 2001 to 2015 as a 92 Gulf. How are you doing today, Wesley? And what are you drinking? Well, I am doing good today. And it's Dr. Pepper, unfortunately. Dr. Okay, Pepper's still good. Yeah, but I wanted my brewer's light. <laughs> you were giving her a hard time about Keystone. Coors makes Keystone. <laughs> you were looking for Coors Light. Wow. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a great episode tonight. <laughs> That's amazing. Are you sure you didn't start out as Eleven Bravo? <laughs> I work with Eleven Bravos, so we know a little bit about the Eleven Bravo now. We've been educated educated the bullet catchers is that why they're 11 bravo 11 bang bangs yeah (laughs) is it just called a cook or is it like a culinary specialist or is it culinary specialist okay i just just put cook because yeah i mean that's what it is i didn't know if the army actually had a fancy name for it or not like they do in the navy yeah it was 92 golf was the culinary specialist and then 91 mike was the uh dietitian so I, I didn't want to be a dietitian. I don't think we had 
Do we have dietitians in the Navy? Not, not any that I ever saw. <laughs> I never heard of any. Dietitians in the Navy were uh, medics. They were actually supposed to tell you how to eat your food if you were. Hmm. So. Oh, so like the corpsman was, it was all wrapped up into the corpsman, right? Yep. Nurse slash dietitian. Yep. Slash post drinking IV hanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never had to get an IV. I never had to get one either, but it just made life better. I had to get it twice. It was a choice. It made my watch easier to get through. Wesley, where are you from? And can you tell us a little bit about how your story started? So I'm originally from Gig Harbor, Washington, which is 30 miles from south of Seattle. I know where that is. I've been there. I literally grew up on the the Puget Sound. I went fishing every weekend with my father, who was military as well. And then my brother was Navy. So... Graduated high school in 99, kind of floundered around doing odd jobs. And then uh, it's like, you know what? I, I need to go in the military. So I decided to go Army. So because that was 95% of the family was Army. The only one that went Navy was my brother and my niece. Rogue. Rogue uh, family members. <laughs> uh, no, my brother actually wanted to be a, a gas turbine specialist. So they that was the only thing they had in, was in the Navy. So that's what he did for seven years. Oh, that's cool. So you told us so about Army, why'd you become a cook? So actually, I, when I when I joined in 01, I went in as an 88 Mike, which is a truck driver. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. when I went to Oklahoma, and you go from Pacific Northwest to Oklahoma in the middle of the summertime, oh. I had a double ear infection and double pneumonia. Oh. So they gave me two choices because my hearing was shot. They're like, oh, you can't hear nothing. You had, You either get out or you become a cook. So I became a cook and thoroughly enjoyed it. That's really kind of fucked up. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> but that's how, you know, the military does that to people. Yeah, that's true. So Navy does not treat people like that. Oh, really? oh hold on, hold on. No, I, I'm then, only saying that because of me. Amanda got pushed out. So <laughs> I went to in-processing in Great Lakes. I had a tubby-tubby following behind me. He fell and broke my ankle. So I wasn't able to in-process into the Navy. So you were going to go into the Navy? Yeah. I guess you weren't meant to go into the Navy, though. You were meant for Right, meant to go in the Army. You cook. Yeah. <laughs> but I literally had a broken ankle when I went into the Army. So. <laughs> you went in and you still had a broken ankle? Yeah, I literally, I flew home, went to the recruiter the next day, didn't tell him I had a broken ankle. I shipped out a week later with a broken ankle still. Wow. And, and I had to run that hair. mile and a half that they give us. You have nine minutes to run it. Eight minutes and 59 seconds. I almost failed. Man. So. Yep. You are kind wow. of a badass. Like. My pain tolerance is a lot higher than most people. So. I get that. For sure. So. What were your duty stations? And did you have a favorite one? So I started out at Fort Irwin, California. The NTC National Training Facility. Absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually begged to stay there. Because I loved it. I mean, what's to, what's hard to, to – you're two hours from Vegas, two hours to L.A. I mean, and you have thousands of acres of California land to go four-wheeling and dirt bike riding. Why not? Cheers but, to the perfect California location. <laughs> exactly. I mean, San Diego is way more perfect. San Diego is not really. perfect. Not really. Because I'm 40 I – I mean, I'm literally 45 minutes from Barstow, California, so there was plenty of time to get in trouble out there. <laughs> I, can um, I, I I left there in in 
early 2003 and went to Schweinfurt, Germany, Dukan and Ledward Barracks in Schweinfurt and absolutely thoroughly enjoyed Germany. That's by, by far down, hands down, that was the best education I ever had. So I feel like you're not the first person to tell us that Germany was their favorite duty station. Uh, considering that, considering they had vending machines at the end of the hallways with alcohol in it. No, no, not bad at all. It's not a bad duty station. No. And then the fact that bars don't really close down. Great yeah. food, great great beer. I mean... Beautiful German women, hello. What? <laughs> who's, who's full German? No, beautiful German women is what she said. Oh, yeah, let's not get into that one, please. <laughs> That's divorce number one right there. Oh. oh. So. We, we just had a guest that uh, found his wife in Germany and they're still married. Yes. I actually have a few of my, my formal battle buddies that are still over in Germany married over there. So yeah. And she's super cool. Like she might even be cooler she's than him. <laughs> like we love her. We've only met her on zoom a couple of times, but we think she's pretty cool. I'm obsessed with her on TikTok now though too. I know her TikToks are hilarious. They're so good. So then Germany was your favorite. Did you ever serve any time on the East coast? Uh, Fort Lee, Virginia is where I did my AIT. And then, okay. so if we want to go to that, 9-11 happened the day I was doing my final to become oh. a cook. Little five foot two drill sergeant kicked the door down, off the hinges and said, we're going to war. And well, we literally loaded up. No, she was not. Um, and she, uh, we loaded up three days later and headed to New York. Everybody passed, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> In that moment, everyone passed. <laughs> yeah. So. I think that was the only time I never completed a test in my life. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, so we Amber, were up there helping pull bodies and everything up there. So it was quite interesting. Yeah. I'm sure like, that that's gotta be a really tough way to start your military career. Yep. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of people started their military career. In fact, the question of the, the hour, the most important thing that you will ever be asked today while we're speaking with you is east coast or west coast what was your favorite what's your west coast west coast is the best coast we only have two east coast lovers so far the west coast is rocking it i don't mind the carolinas but you know they can drive down there so (laughs) Uh, i don't know north carolina drivers are a little sketchy you ever been to new york i'm from new york (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how y'all drive with two cell phones in your hand with your knee doing 105 mile an hour down the road. I do that in the state of Texas every day. <laughs> oh, can I, let me put a disclaimer though. I don't really do that. <laughs> I only have You'd be surprised when I see you driving on the road. I bet I you see all kinds of stuff driving on the road. I have participated in some fun adventures while I've been driving down the road for the truck drivers that I'm passing. And we will not get into that during this podcast. So <laughs> I can literally take you nowhere. <laughs> okay, I'm the guy they tell don't ever put him on speaker. Yeah, that's Amber. And I'm the I'm the guy that everybody warns everybody about. I don't think yeah, I warn no people about you. About me, I just, no. it yeah, just we can't put you on speaker. The bottle of peach crown on Zoom meeting. Oh, yeah, those are the wild ones. She got cut off from Peach Crown on Zoom meetings. So I go back to the liquor store. Oh, no. 
Ooh. Oh no. I'd rather just have some regular crown or some Hennessy, some Jack, some Jim. Well, when you come and hang I out, tried I tried Jack, I tried Jim, I tried all of his friends. I mean, I had some white lightning about a month ago. Ooh. Straight out of flavored? Tennessee. Was it flavored or was it just straight up? Straight up. That stuff burns all the way down into your soul. What soul? <laughs> I've got Let's put it this way. I woke up in the hospital twice with a 0. .407 alcohol level. Oh, my gosh. Two different occasions. Yep. So, Ooh, yeah. That's, that's intense, bro. Like I I'm, said, most people. I'm glad that you're here to tell us these stories. Most people's weekenders are my start. So. <laughs> oh. Amanda, if he if he's ever in that hangout, remind me out loud to not drink with him. We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. All right, Wes. So do you have a great active duty story that you can tell us tonight? Oh, I don't know. What do you consider a great active duty story? One of your favorites. We're an explicit content podcast, so don't worry about that. Well, I, I know that I like my favorite part was when I got to work when I was part of the 211th ACR in, in California there. It was I got to work with horses every day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I grew up with horses. I owned four myself before I went in the military. So I was part of the cab unit down there and an opening came up and I was able to go do horses every day, which was quite fun. Do you have a, an adventure story to tell us what, uh, from while you were in Germany? Uh, yeah, if I could remember them. Cars? We've heard about stealing cars. Okay. Course, the famous- <laughs> so if you want to hear, hear those kind of stories. So, yeah, I got really drunk, got naked, got in my car, drove down the road at 115 miles an hour, got pulled over by a little five-foot blonde girl, pulled his eye, and she literally cars. ripped me out of the car broke the window and ripped me out of the car and took me to jail in Germany in Germany. I have a Ooh. lot from Germany. <laughs> that was like the quickest story I think we've ever had. That was well. super <laughs> I mean, it was a good one. Now I you know, have this image of you cruising down the, the interstate naked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to go street racing in Germany a lot. I drank a lot over there too. I mean, a lot. I think most people do. Yeah. Especially when, when, when you're 16 years old and you can start drinking over there. Oh, you guys don't know that? So in Germany, if you're 16 years old, you can drink everything but hard alcohol over there. That's cool. Yeah. So they start young over there. Well, and then mean, at 18, I, you can start. In all honesty, I started drinking before, around when I was 16. It just wasn't I was, legal. I was 11. I mean, I certainly didn't wait until I was 21 to have my first drink of alcohol. Oh, no, no, no. So do you have something that you wouldn't mind sharing with us about when you had to go to New York? New York literally was just helping put people in body bags, finding body parts and digging people up. It was, it's still sad. I mean, I still haven't gone back to the the tower. I don't know if I want to, to tell you the truth. It's really emotional, but 
it was just we were given the job and we did it. So it was. What made you so when you, so I mean so that was like your first experience. Why did you stay in for fourteen years? I would have stayed. I would have been retired next year, to tell you the truth. But I had a bad knee. I've torn my right knee up three different times. So on the third surgery, they said that I couldn't re-enlist. So you have all that documentation, right? Yep. I'm actually getting Good. paid for that too. Good. So even better. now if, if COVID was over, I would be able to do my shoulders. Cause that was the, it was literally like six months ago. I was supposed to have my, my uh, other consultation to get that, the money for that and COVID hit and well, yeah, everything that messed yet. up. Yep. So, so in, what did you do while you were in Germany? So when I went to Germany, I only cooked for about three months over there. And then they had a motor pool position open up, which is taking care of all of the equipment for us, for the cooks, which we had a 40-foot trailer that opened up. I was in charge of that. All the vehicles over there. And I'd, I'd much rather be in the motor pool away from everybody else because I didn't have a schedule. I can come and go as I wanted. Oh, and then nice. they had cross training, which was we can go to Japan, Hawaii, India, and places like that with their military. And I did stuff with the German military too, where we'd go do what they call Conley competitions. So I got to travel all over the U.S. and learn how to cook different foods and stuff like that from these different military organizations. So That's cool. What was go your ahead. favorite thing to cook? Soul food. Yeah. Soul food. I still can't cook grits or, or collard greens very well, but, you know, I can fry me some chicken really good and I can cook <laughs> mashed potatoes really good. So, I love grits. Really? We, we cook like a lot food. of grits every day. I like so, grits. I'm not a fan of grits. Give me some cream of wheat any day of the week, but, you know. <laughs> I don't want that either. I'll take some oatmeal. Oatmeal's good. I got yeah. that in the, I got oatmeal, so. Yeah, um, what were you, you were saying that you got to what were you saying you got to eat the Japanese so yeah we would go eat sushi and different Japanese stuff that they cook on their ships you know because they do catch fresh foot, fish on their on their outings so you got stuff, to so. go to Japan yep I went to Japan I went to Korea I've been to Alaska Hawaii I'm gonna go to Alaska uh, I went to India. I went to Jordan. I was supposed to go to Qatar. I've been to Kuwait three times now. And then uh, I've been to Kandahar, Iraq, and Afghanistan. All the hot so, spots. Yes. <laughs> and did Kandahar and, and, and Afghanistan, I literally just landed for 12 hours and took back off. So. Quick stops. Yes. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. So no, you spent, got out, when you got out, you were in Germany? Uh, yes. So I did the 13, I did 13 straight months over in Iraq from February of 04. I think it was actually more than 13 months because I came back in May of 05. So, and my tour of duty was, my whole four year career was over in May of 05. I didn't want, I didn't want to be active duty again. I, I still wanted to serve, but I just didn't want to go back right. over there. So in 05, that's when you went into the guard? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I took a couple months off and, and relaxed and try to get back to normal, but it, it just wasn't normal. Right. So, right. so that goes to our next question. 
eventually you do have to get out. How was your transition from being active duty to not being active duty? Hard because you're used to being regimented and then you try to work with people that don't know what's going on. So they just get up willy nilly and they don't, they just do what they, you know, just, they don't have a plan in their life. And it was really hard. I struggled for years. I still kind of, I still struggle with it. I guess so why I'm, why I'm a truck driver, you know? That's so, I mean, we've heard that. Yeah, we've heard that a couple of times. Driver, you have your, you have your own accountability, but you have to be at certain places by certain times and yep. do things where someone's not necessarily telling you exactly what to do, but you still have to be places at certain times. Yep. You got to be from point A to point B in five days. You need to drop off at, Oh, 900 at Tuesday morning, you better be there. So, right. Like tomorrow I can't, I have to schedule my time to leave from here two and a half hours away from my destination to meet a bridge by nine o'clock in the morning. So, and then I get to shut down the whole road for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) What are you, what are you hauling right now? So this is a uh, Hawkins load, which is an air purifier for a hospital. Going to the New Jersey Medical Center. In oh, that's Carthen. yeah. I feel like that's a really important thing to be hauling. Yep, we haul we haul them all over the U.S. from Spokane, Washington. Oh so. wow! Huh. Well, that is really cool. cool. You said it was super hard to get out, other than not having that regiment that someone telling you what to do. Can you tell us a little bit more about about your getting out? Nobody tells you how to deal with your anger. Nobody tells you how to deal with the nightmares, the, you know, the, just the things that you see, you know, and I quit drinking in 04. Like I haven't really touched any more alcohol. I mean, I've had a beer or two here and there over the last few years, but you you know, they don't teach you how to cope with civilian life. They train you to be a certain way and nobody, they don't reintegrate you in. There needs to be a better process of letting, getting soldiers out. It's just, okay, you're done. Bye. You know, so it's, it's, it was tough. I had anger issues. I couldn't work a nine to five job. I always thought everybody was an idiot. And so. Yeah. You still kind of do think that, right? Because I still kind of think. I think that all the time. I do. And I, and I, but I've had to learn that just because you may know something that somebody else doesn't know, but they might know something you don't know. So we need to treat everybody equally and and learn from everybody. Yeah. That's. That's a hard lesson to learn because we come from a world where you can call someone an idiot, whether you think they are or not. And it's fine. Well, yeah. But I mean, if you look at what you'd call your brothers and sisters in the military, and then you try to do that in the civilian life, you'd get arrested for harassment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a little that's bit another big adjustment. <laughs> yeah. And I was used to cussing every day and I worked a job where I couldn't say anything but heck, mm. you know how hard that is. I couldn't, I I would have been, I wouldn't have even taken that job. I would have been fucked. For for 35 bucks an hour, I worked at a call center and it was the hardest job I've ever worked. They're paying you $35 an hour to work at a call center? Yeah, for Verizon and AT&T. That's, that's It's not worth it. It's not worth it though. I, yeah, I I definitely. I would have been fired. I would have been fired too. Like I would not have made it. No. The only reason I'm able to keep the job that I have now is because I work for a retired army first sergeant. Like, yeah, thirty years in the army, and that's who's my like my boss. 
if you want to call right. it a loss. I don't know. And like, <laughs> so when no one's in the office, it's a tax office. He owns it. And so when no one's in there, like it's, it's like being right back in the military, like no hold bar, like it gets pretty brutal with our army Navy shenanigans. Yeah. I just found out the other day that I guess I could go back in and then the Navy at least. <laughs> I almost thought I'm thinking about doing it in all honesty at 40 years old. I'll be 40 this year coming up. Yeah. Oh, I don't and the know Navy's, how well that would go. The Navy's taking people prior service. I think you can go back in until you're 45. Oh, wow. So I didn't think old. it was say that again. I didn't think it was that old. Uh, they changed their regulations again. You know how the military yeah. does one year, one year the they time. go to 35, one year they go 40, 45. I don't think I would go back. I know I would. Never mind. I know I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would go back at this point. Like, I'm kind of enjoying my life not being in the service. Finally, after being out for however many years, out in 11. So. I guess it really doesn't make a difference for me because I'm in, I'm in a truck. I'm always by myself anyway. So I guess just being gone all the time anyways probably yeah. making better money than I do now. So <laughs> traveling the world again. I wouldn't yeah, mind. It, it has its perks for the sure. Only, the only sad thing is just shaving off the beard that have been grown for three last three and a half years. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely have to go. They'd be like <sighs> God love it too. They would love huh? every second of it. I know it. They'd be like, Yeah. Um, slow. They would, make your face in the mirror. Yeah. Make the oh yeah, they they would it. savor every moment of that. Oh, jerks. All of them. <laughs> but you know, in all honesty, if we had the opportunity to really go back, I think most of us would. Without so. hesitation. I think if it was something like that the military really needed us, mm-hmm. yeah, without yeah. hesitation. Like if some shit was really going down, like I'd be back. Yes. Like would I go back in tomorrow just because? Probably not. But like yeah. if we needed to protect our country at all costs, like absolutely. Yeah. Without a second thought. Yeah. Yep. You know, they actually uh, proposed making a backdoor draft and recalling everybody back if it really if they really needed to. Yeah. So. We definitely have to fall under a different set of rules though, because we wouldn't follow any of the original ones. Oh, well, like, I was talking to I was talking to a friend of mine who works for the White House, and he was drawing up orders, and and he called it the backdoor draft because what it would be is, if you're 50 and under. You could get called back and then you go to an in-processing unit. And if you can't fight, but you can teach, you'd be an instructor. Mm-hmm. And if you can still fight, you're going, you know, line A, line B, you're going to be over here teaching people. So, and the reason they're doing that is because they don't have the fighting knowledge that they, that we used to have. It's, no, it's all, they really don't. Yeah. It's gone way downhill. Just the knowledge. Um, of yeah, well, we've, talked, we've talked to people about how boot camp is, so pussified now and i mean oh my god i've got stories about that too so i I wanted to become a drill instructor and i went when i was part of uh ntc to to fort leonardwood and was training you went to the stress card yeah i went to the wood but they had stress cards really stress cards for what you you came in the military you signed your rights away like a terrorist doesn't care about your stress card Hold on, Mr. Terrorist. You're stressing me out. Oh, yeah, I can't okay. handle it. I can't handle I it. I'm crying. Oh. My legs. 
can't run in boots. I can't do it. Let her know what you're saying to me. One of one of my formal bat one of my battle buddies. He was a soldier of mine. He he just retired this year medically because he just got back a year and a half ago from Afghanistan and the shrapnel was too much in his in his legs. So they they medically retired him. But he was a DI for a drill instructor for a while and like they basically put a gag order on him because he was calling him everything under the sun and trying to be, make him men and women and they just weren't having it. So it's mind blowing. Like mind blowing. I mean, I went in in '01. I still had the BDUs. Mm-hmm. I had three different slogans before I even got out of boot camp. <laughs> it was "Be all you can be," then it was "Army of One," and then whatever it is the now. Well, I don't even know what it is. And, yeah, that was we were having this conversation the other day in at my work actually, and because I was like, I don't even know what the Navy's slogan is anymore like they've changed it so many times i don't even i don't even yeah i have no idea because when i joined it was let the journey begin right yeah let the journey begin the the only one that hasn't changed in 100 years or whatever it is or 200 some years so like now you just say what slogan it was when you joined the military and then that just determines how old you are i'm old i'm 40 years old me too i'm almost there i joined in 2001 so yeah i'm right there with you Amber's the baby. She's I'm the baby. I'm always the baby. The baby. I know. Every friend group, every social. But that means the fact that I hang out with older people means that I am mature from my age. No, no. You got that bass backwards. That means we're immature for our age. No, I'm the only one. I'm the only young one. Oh, I have no words for what is happening right now. This fucked up shit. Move on to the next question. How are you doing now? Well, let's see. It's been two months. Yeah, two months ago, I was in a really bad spot. I literally was on the phone with the suicide hotline two months ago. COVID really kind of hit hard. So I haven't been I haven't been home to see my kids. And I mean, I can see them on on the phone, but I haven't been able to go see them. You know. Yeah. So I was in a really bad spot. I. I worked my I worked my butt off. I was running forty five hundred miles a week. No time at home. No time to do anything. No time to decompress. I mean, I bought a Harley for a reason, and I wasn't able to go do it at all last year. And then I got denied my vacation in August for Sturgis, something I've been planning on for since I was like fifteen years old, and wasn't able to go this year. Dad had a heart attack and couldn't go see him due to his COVID stuff, and. So I, I literally laid on this floor in the fetal position with a gun to my head. So, but I had a group, I had a good support group of people to talk me out of it. And, you know, like, and then I started putting the videos out on uh, TikTok, you know, it's, you're not allowed to quit. You you know, you just gotta fight through it. You know, we all have our dark days and I'm doing better and it's a daily struggle, but you know, yeah, you know, I've lost, I lost people in Iraq. I, I, I had somebody that, in my arms that died, you know, and I still see the blood on my hands, you know, and it's just, it is what it is. So, but that's another thing they don't teach you how to deal with is how do you deal with that? They don't. Yeah. Nothing at all to help you with that. Yeah. They so I just want to throw some meds at you and say, you'll be and then, And that was the thing is I was on meds for, Oh, three or four years and I was lethargic. And then the last knee surgery that I had, they gave me oxycodone and it was so bad that I literally did heroin. And then 
when I woke up from that, I literally called a, a friend of mine, from, you know, my old uh, E7 from the military. And I was like, hey, you need to come get me. And I'll be damned. She flew over from Italy and picked me up, took me to, to rehab, you know. So, yeah, I've been clean and sober since 09 from all drugs and, and alcohol. So congratulations for that. And for coming out of the dark space that you were recently in as well. There's moments and there's times. So, so I only sleep about four hours a day because I I don't want to get in that headspace. And it's just something that I've trained myself not to do. It's just four hours and that's it. Yeah. So, and then just one day at a time. Yep. It's all like, that's what we can do right now. So it's just one day. And if it's not one day, it's one hour. And if it's not one hour, it's one minute. Just make it till the next minute. Just make it to the next minute. Like call someone. And like you said, you had someone to call that came and got you. Yep. And and got you back on the track you needed to be on. And that's You know, and I and I look at it now as you know, I got three kids. All they kept saying to me is, you know, it's a it's a permanent solution to a temporary solution, uh, problem. You yeah. Know, what do you have to do to get out of it, you know? So that's why I do the TikToks because it's just like, hey, you know, reach out. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Somebody's going to be there. And if that person does it, call the next person, the next person. So. Yeah, that's one of the best things that we have going for us right now. That's not the first time we've heard that. Yeah, it's been brought up several times. Just keep calling. Just keep calling. I mean, uh, what are we supposed to do? I mean. We're not. Counseling. We're not trained to cope with that stuff. Right, but you go to a counselor that's never seen a day of, of action, and they're just like, oh, well, you know, maybe you should do this or you should do that. It's like, well, how about you actually go to combat and you, you come to back and tell me what I'm supposed to do? Don't yeah. give me these pills that make me feel like I'm, I'm a zombie all day long. Yep. So that's And asking for help is one of the hardest things we can do. It's, I think it's the most hard. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's right up there at the top. For sure. Well, you know, you were you were taught not to talk about your feelings. You're a soldier. Muck it up and just keep on going. Yep. Leave that shit at the door. Yep. Leave it. And Amber and I were air traffic controllers, so that's that was what what we dealt with all the time was like leave that shit at the door. Like don't bring that into a control space. Yep. Because yeah, you would. Yeah. When you, when you literally have people's lives in your hands, and you're telling them what you tell them determines what they are going to do, which they are going to live or die. And so if you're, if you're distracted, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do your job adequately. So we were lucky at North Island though. If if there were things going on, we had the command that like, Hey, I I need a little bit today before I start talking. Right. I've got some shit going on. Yeah. And they were, they were good. We had good. We had good. They were good if they liked you. Oh, and I guess I never got liked because I was always in the <laughs> shit. I had a different North Island experience than you had. Yes, you did. But that's okay. I'm glad that you're still with us to tell us these stories, Wes. Like, it's important. And it's important to talk about the hard times because then those that are going through the same thing as that we are hear that it's okay to talk about it or it's okay to ask for help or it's okay to not be okay. Whether it's for a day, a week, a month, whatever it takes, like it's okay. Yeah. You know, it, cheers to what can we cheers to Wesley? We can cheers, cheers to Wesley. Cheers at all, but cheers I to- know. Cheers. 
I got Cheers. a little caught up and stuff. We haven't done it. <laughs> oh, this beer is good. I'm gonna have to try that. I'm trying. I'm coming through Arizona hopefully soon. Yeah, let me know. I'm out here for a, a little bit, so if you're in the area, we can. Well, I just talked to my dispatch team today and said, "Hey, I want to go through Arizona. I want to have some hot weather instead of this." I literally woke up two nights ago to 15 degrees outside. Yeah, it's been 80 degrees here. Like right now, it is currently hold on, 63 degrees. Oh man! Yeah, it's beautiful right now. Gorgeous. So See, that's why I'm I'm thinking about moving to Texas or Arizona. Come on to, to Texas. Yeah, cheers to Texas. Cheers to Texas. <laughs> it's you I know I'm, more. I never thought that I would live in Texas, and here I am living in I, Texas. If you had any advice for veterans that were either getting ready to become a veteran, coming out of military service, or have been a veteran for a while and are struggling to find their way, what would that advice be? First off, go to the VA. Get your get what you're owed. Uh, don't take no for an answer because they will tell you no every day of the week. Fight for it. If you if you don't want to fight for it, there's teams out there that are going to do it for you. That's how I got my my disability. Is I met, literally met a lady in the grocery store and she hooked me up and she fought for me as well. The people that are coming out, don't be afraid to talk. You you yes, you were taught not to, but you got to talk and find a Vietnam veteran, find a veteran that has been out for a while because your story is not too dissimilar from theirs and it doesn't have to be the same branch you never know what what somebody went through you know so i've brought that up a few times and so it was a lot of our guests is go to the vfw league if you're having a hard day because those guys or girls that hang out in there have stories to tell and they're willing to listen to your stories and like no judgment you don't have to explain to them what you did or why you did it you can just tell you were following orders that's why you did what you did yeah but like they get it so you can go in there and and chat with them and and you'll leave feeling a whole lot better yep yeah so if our listeners would like to find you and talk to you more if they're or if they have questions for you where can they find you well i'm on tiktok obviously find me on tiktok at bubba b81 so yeah and we'll put that in the show notes you can follow him on tiktok or send him a direct message through the app if you don't have a tiktok and you'd like to contact him contact amber or myself and we will get you in contact with him get my email out there too so perfect amber do you want to discuss a little bit about the charity we've chosen to represent this sure we we will continue to support silvahala project but we are also brand new advocates um, of an organization that we recently learned about, and it is called the Fallen Outdoors. It is a veteran owned, operated, ran by, founded by, and it's nationwide organization that takes veterans from any branch. It does not matter, matter your physical abilities mental health, wherever you're at on that journey and what you got going on, but they will take you hunting and fishing. Really cool program. It really is. And they can be found at thefallenoutdoors.com and it is across the entire country. So they have a group up in the PNW out of Washington. They, they have, do. Yep. We spoke to one of our girls. Yeah. She, she runs it up there or she's, I don't know. Is she an advocate or? She's, uh, of it because yeah she's part of it right and they have people all across that'll mm-hmm. 
So she takes groups of veterans out and sets them up on a good path. The Fallen Outdoors, that is our charity right now. Right, so I'm going to have to look them up. Yes, I, <laughs> yeah, I they're a good one. They, yes. We were really impressed with what they were doing. You, the, the one thing that stuck out for Amanda and I when it came to the Fallen Outdoors is you don't have to be a part of a certain criteria to take advantage of what they're doing for veterans. Right. Yeah, you you can be any any kind of veteran. So whether you serve four days or fourteen years, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a specific version okay. of a veteran. Like you don't have to be a disabled veteran. You don't have to be a combat, combat veteran. Or, yeah, right, right, okay. right. Like anyone can participate. I think she said the only requirement was you had to have an honorable discharge. If you would like to contact Amber or myself, we could be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Or you can email us at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. Please reach out to Amanda and myself if you are interested in telling your story and being a guest on our podcast. You can send us an email at the Gmail Amanda mentioned or direct message us on, on any social media platform. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. Your reviews are important for the algorithms that keep our podcast in the spotlight so that more veterans can hear what we have to say. And also, we want your feedback. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, constructive criticism is the only way that we're going to get better for you. And you can also join us every Sunday for Veterans After Hours via Zoom. We start at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. If you haven't been to one, they are so much fun. Everyone is welcome. Civilian, active duty, veteran. We do have to put the the disclaimer out there, though, that it is an unscripted veteran networking environment. So (laughs) we We are a shit show. We don't know what's going to be said or what's going to happen. We just roll with the punches and it gets a little wild sometimes. Like it does when you put a bunch and of veterans in a, in a virtual and- room together. <laughs> but, but if you ever wanted to know what it's like when you put a bunch of veterans in a virtual room together, this is the place to find out. As always, and one of the reasons why Amanda and I started this podcast was to bring about mental health awareness and the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day. And that is an unacceptable number, whether it fluctuates from year to year, month to month, 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>